You are listening to the You Are Lawyer podcast. I am the podcast host, Kyla Denanio, a 2015 law school graduate. This podcast was created to share the experiences and successes of law school graduates who created their own paths to career success. In episode 14, I'm speaking with a youth advocate and lawyer. This guest had interest in policy drafting and editing, which led to protecting the rights of school-aged children and starting his own business. Based in Florence, Kentucky, today's guest is Jay Coleman. Welcome to the podcast, Jay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Would you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? All right. My name is Jay Coleman. I graduated from Southern University Law Center in 2016. After that, I went to the USDA in Washington, D.C. to work for a little while. And then I ended up at Children's Law Center in Kentucky as a youth advocate. And I've been there since October 2019. Okay. So did you always want to be a youth advocate? No. I went to law school with the intent on becoming a prosecutor. And it wasn't until I went to Angola, a prison in Louisiana, that changed the trajectory of my career. And I decided that that's not something that I could do anymore. As far as being a youth advocate, I applied to the job because I was struggling with the bar exam. So I was like, oh, it doesn't look like I'm going to pass the bar. So what I need to do is figure out a plan B. So I knew I wanted to do something having to do with writing policy. And since the position had that aspect as part of the job qualification, I decided that, okay, this will be a good segue into that. So that's why I applied. So what was it about policy that caught your eye? Even in law school, I mean, you know about policy, but I didn't really know what does a person who writes policy, what do they really do? When I worked at the USDA, I worked on a policy project having to do with ways in which the USDA could help individuals being released from prison find jobs and just seeing how my writing affected the department and made other departments think of things that they could do, like the Department of Justice and the Department of Interior. So I was like, hmm, writing policy, your voice gets out there, but you still have the ability to make a difference. So I think that's what drew me to policy. I just wanted to make a difference and be able to put my stamp on the world some kind of way. Yeah, it makes sense. You mentioned being able to represent children in the school system. Would you give us a little more information about that? Generally, the majority of my students, they're up for exposure. So I'm just making sure that they're not getting expelled. If they're up for exposure, we have to have certain hearings, like you have to have a manifestation determination hearing if they have an IEP, which is an individualized education plan. So if they have that, that means they have some sort of special need and you can't just expel these children. So they have to have a hearing to see whether or not the reason why they did whatever act that qualifies them for exposure, did that act have to do with their disability? So if they weren't disabled in some sort of way, would they have still done this? And if the answer is yes, then just go forward with the exposure hearing. If the answer is no, no, they wouldn't have done this had they not been disabled, then the hearing stops. We're not going to have the exposure hearing because they only committed the act because of their disability. So that's the majority of the hearings that I have. There are times where we suspect that a child might need some kind of individualized plan because we think they might have a disability, but we're not sure. So we ask the schools to evaluate the students. And so you have to have meetings for that. Bullying here and there is an issue that we'll go to the school about, but that's not a big issue. The majority of the time, we're just trying to make sure that if we think children need some sort of accommodation, we make sure that they have it. And sometimes they might have it on paper, but the school does not abide by it. So then I go in and make sure that the schools are abiding by it and they understand 
all the accommodations that the child is to have and know how to make those accommodations readily available. Oh, yeah, I love that. So you're not expelling students who are only acting up because they have an underlying disability. Right. And then in schools, a lot of times you see that a child, even with the school knowing about the disability, they might still want the child expelled just because they're tired of dealing with the behavior. Nobody wants to deal with bad behavior. But when you do know that there's a reason for this behavior, and these are the things that we believe will curb the bad behavior, and if it's not working, then we can do other things to try to curb that behavior, then that should make the schools more understanding and more willing to help to know that the child isn't just being bad because that's what they want to do, but there's something going on with this student that's causing them to act in this manner. Okay. And this was a JD preferred job. Is that correct? Right. That's right. So do you think that having attended law school prepared you for this job? Uh, yes. Yes. I think that a lot of jobs, you don't need the degrees that are in the posting. So This job that I do now, yes, it's JD preferred, but I feel like if you were trained correctly and trained on how to do research and where to look for certain things that you might, certain resources that you might need in order to perform the job, I don't think that you would need a JD. All right. If that Um, makes sense. It does. It sounds like you spend half of your day advocating and the other half being a social worker. Right. That was also in the job posting that if you didn't have a JD, you could have a social worker degree and they would consider it. But they preferred a JD. But you don't have to worry about that because you recently passed the Tennessee bar exam. Congratulations. I did. Thank you. (laughs) So now that you are a licensed attorney, does that change how you feel about being a youth advocate? Now that I have my bar, it's like, okay, I still like my job, but I always know in the back of my mind, you know, if things go left, I feel like I can move a little quicker than I could before. And that may or may not even be true. It might still be the same struggle, but I don't know. And just going by perception, it seems like you'll be able to move a little faster. In the workplace, though, sometimes... It can still seem like a lot of hand-holding, and some people might be okay with their hand being held, but I'm not that type of person. Just tell me what you want me to do, and then I'll do it. But even with having a bar, I still feel that, you know, let me check everything that you've done because I've been an attorney this many years, and you've just passed the bar kind of thing. And I don't really like that. In that aspect, it's not like anything has changed for me because I have a bar. You know, there's still that micromanaging aspect, but that, that's just, that just goes from job to job. Like if I had another job, that might not be the case. I think that because being a lawyer was based on apprenticing and shadowing others, maybe that's why they micromanage so much. Yeah. So with some jobs that you applied to, you wouldn't mention being a law school graduate. Right. Was there a time that you stopped doing that? No. So after DC, my job had run out of funding. So I had to come back home. I'm from Memphis. So I came back home and I was applying for jobs, you know, with my regular resume saying that I had graduated from law school and, you know, everything that was on my resume, all the jobs I've had. And I was having the most difficult time finding a job. Like I knew my resume was good. I knew I knew how to write a resume. I've written resumes for other people. So I said, I know that my resume could give me a job. I could not figure out what the problem was. So I said, well, let me make an alternate resume because I do know that certain resumes offer certain jobs. You don't have just one resume and give it to all these different types of jobs. So 
I said, well, let me make a different resume and just take law school off and see what happens. And people were calling me left and right. Now, they weren't for the best jobs, but at that point, I just needed a job, you know, because I hadn't been working. So that's when jobs started calling me. And so I got a new job and it wasn't until I got into that job good that I mentioned that I had graduated from law school. And knowing the culture of where I was, knowing the culture of that position, I would not have gotten that job had they known that I had gone to law school, but they couldn't fire me after knowing that. I mean, why would they? So once I was in there for a few months, I did mention it. Okay. Would you tell the audience about the most recent time that you took the bar exam? How did you balance that while working? Well, that last time was the time I did not work. So one of my professors from law school called. She was trying to refer a case to me. I told her, I said, well, I haven't passed the bar and I don't know if I'm going to take the bar again. She was like, you have to just keep taking, you have to keep trying. I was like, I took the bar in Maryland twice and then I came back home and took my home state's bar twice. So I'm like, oh, I'm not going to take the bar again. Like, I'm tired of wasting money. I'm tired of wasting time because it wasn't like I was in the street studying for the bar. Like, I would actually sit down and study, but I was working also. So I said, okay, this is going to be the last time because I was kind of very to say that I still hadn't passed it. So I said, all right, I'm going to take it one last time. I had been saving money anyway. So I said, well, I'm going to quit my job. I have enough money where I'll be fine. And I'm going to study these three months and then I'll go back to working. And if I pass it, of course, that's good. But if I don't, then, you know, that's it. So I quit my job in May and I just studied every day. Like that's the only thing that I changed as far as studying was the fact that I wasn't working. Yeah, and it was successful, which is great. Yeah, it, it was tiresome, like studying for the bar, even that last time. I mean, I'm thankful to God and I, it was worth it, but I will still say like, it shouldn't be all of that to pass an exam, especially having gone to school. I can understand if it's like one of those states like California where you don't have to go to law school so they need to really make sure that you know but if you pay attention in law school you know this stuff so I feel that the bar should be more so of a review you would think so I love that you still wanted to be an attorney so you removed all of the distractions that were in the way when you took the exam people work and pass the bar all the time like it's not just something that you hear about I mean I know people who work and pass the bar I just could not do it I don't know what it was like I would be close like 10 points 12 points but I just could not get over the hump so that was my only hope you know to quit and try to study so I said okay well not having that distraction and not going anywhere, no social media, that kind of thing. I can do that for however many weeks that is. I think 10 weeks mm -hmm. and just see what happens, you know? Because that's the only thing that I had never done. Everything else, like I've cut people and social life and stuff like that off, but I always work. Yeah. Now, if you hadn't gone to law school, you mentioned being interested in real estate. Is that still in the back of your mind? When I was growing up, my dad used to, flip houses and stuff. And it was a lot of work. And of course, being a child, he was like, I don't want to be doing this. You know, like I used to always say, I'm going to college because I'm not, I can't do this every day. But now I'm like, <laughs> but now I'm like, that was so, so crazy, you know, to say something like that because everybody needs somewhere to live. So if you had to do everything over again, do you think you would still attend law school? I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's weird because I don't regret going. Yeah. I'm proud that I've done it. The degree is valuable. It's a big deal. Yeah. 
like just getting just thinking about the time before graduation like one l year was terrible you know some people <laughs> it's not that bad but for one l year for me i remember when i got my grades our first semester like during christmas break I was like, God, why did you not just let me fail out? I did all of this work, and these are the grades that I came up with? Like, these grades are terrible, and I did so much. I'm like, is it going to be three years, six semesters of this? So, I mean, he had a different plan for me, but it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. I remember, you know, we had orientation before school started, and they gave us this little homework packet. And I was looking at that packet. I was like, Jay, what did you do? I didn't understand that packet. I didn't understand that work. I didn't know what we were supposed to be doing. I still don't remember what the homework was, but I remember being stressed out by it. I knew then that it was going to be hard. I will say that going to law school made me feel like I could do more than I thought I could do. When I think about it, I'm like, you were able to study like that? So it kind of makes me want to rewind time a little bit and put the same efforts in undergrad. I always tell friends from law school, like, man, if I would have known what I really could have done, I would have never met y'all because I would have done something else, you know? If I really thought about it in undergrad, I probably would have majored in business or something like that and then just gone into that, you know, got a good job to get some money so I can buy my first property and then I would have just gone from there, you know? And depending on your city, real estate's not expensive everywhere, you know? Still, like in Memphis, it's not as expensive as it is in D.C. or in Atlanta, you know. So, I mean, it's still an option, but I don't have time to put, to pour everything into it. But if you want something bad enough, you know, you'll make a way. So that's just something I have to think about. <laughs> yep. But you're still young and you have all the friends that you met. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's. I think that's like one of the big things that I took away from law school. Like, don't limit yourself. I went because, you know, when I was a child, I always said I wanted to be an attorney. Like, I'm going to be a lawyer when I grow up. But I didn't know all of the careers that are out here. I didn't know everything that there is. So I was more so at a place where, you know, what is there for me to do? I mean, I don't really know anything else. I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a nurse. I don't want to be a psychiatrist. So let me. I got into law school, so let me see what that's about. And of course, I'm happy that you went to law school because we would not have met and you wouldn't be the youth advocate that you are now. Yeah. So did you have anything else you wanted to share? I don't think that anybody should give up on your dreams, you know? You just need to sit down and have a plan, whatever it is that you want to do, whether you want to take the bar exam again, like if you are struggling with it, maybe you need to take some time and step away from it. You don't have to take the bar exam every cycle. I think that's a mistake that people make. Sometimes you need to take a step back so you can miss the material and not be drained like, oh, I got to go sit down and study. Because studying for the bar, at least for me, it was like I was a robot. And like, I don't know why I'm sitting here studying. I guess it's because I'm supposed to study. But it wouldn't be something passionate except for the last time, but that's because I think I had more energy to do it because that's all I was doing. But you don't have to feel the pressures of, well, classes behind me, they're passing before me. I just need to keep doing it. No, you need to take a step back, make sure I had some kind of drive to study and then go from there. So think that you don't need to measure your success or what you think is success looking at other people. 
You need to figure out what it is that you want to do and be successful in that way. Even after you pass the bar, you're still going to feel successful in some ways and not successful in other ways. But I think most of that comes from looking at what other people are doing. When you get into your own lane, whether that means you just getting off social media so you're not seeing that in your face all day, every day, when you start going in your own path, going in your own way, that's when you'll be able to see, oh, I'm successful because I did this. I started a business because I did not pass the bar. I didn't feel like I had any purpose at that time in my life. So I was like, well, let me do something that'll kind of make me feel like I have a purpose. So I was a little depressed. Yeah. I mean, which is understandable. So I started Postscript Editing Service. That's editing service. I edit papers and things like that for people because I love grammar. I had to just do something to give myself purpose. And then I started to feel successful. I started to feel good about myself and what I had done. So I just think if you are not exactly where it is that you want to be, you need to measure your success on what it is that you want it to do. You know, you're successful if you're not in the same place where you started. Yeah. So if you graduated from law school, you're not in the same place you started. So oh. you're successful. <laughs> That's and very just, true. And just go from there. Because there's people who have passed the bar and they are still not happy with themselves. It's always going to be something that's going to make your life not 100% to you. But just be happy about where you are. You know, be thankful for that and go from there. Yeah. So I love that you said you need to take a break from studying. Give yourself some time to miss the material. Because I think we think that if you just continue to be diligent and keep going, you'll eventually be successful. But the truth is, if you don't change things up, you'll probably keep getting the same results. Because you're going to get your time. If you're in law school and you take that exam, you're going to get your time one way or the other. Right, right. It takes a lot to get through. Yeah, when I first took the bar exam, I had a friend who I didn't meet in law school. But she told me, why don't you just keep studying after you finish the test? And it absolutely broke my heart. Because for one wait, do you think I'm going to fail? Right. And the second thing was, when you're done with the bar exam, you don't want to look at the material. Like there is no part of it that makes you want to pick it back up and look at it. So I get where she was coming from. You know, as a lay person, there's nothing that you can compare the bar exam to. It's not the ACT, it's not the SATs, but it certainly isn't something that you want to keep studying for every day, just in case. Someone who didn't go to law school might think, well, I mean, if you go to law school, you want to take the test? No. I know people who've never taken a bar exam before. And I know people who paid for the bar exam and did not go. Now, that's where the disconnect lies. If I pay for a test, you best believe I'm going to be there. Even if after the first day, I'm like, uh, I don't know, it's not looking good. My mind is going to be, well, who knows? I might be brought out the second day, you know? So I'm yeah. going to go. But there are plenty of people who don't go both days, you know? Yeah, there are plenty of people who don't go at all. So not like it's a natural progression, <laughs> not everybody. So it's, it's bravery to continue to go. I know. Well, thank you so much, Jay Coleman. Thank you. Thank you for listening to You Are a Lawyer. Subscribe to the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. New episodes are released every other Thursday. Leave a comment on our Instagram or Twitter pages. You can find those details in the show description. Feel free to contact me at Kyla at youarealawyer.com. Have a great day.